Hello, world. Happy New Year. News, information, and comment right after this. So it's a new year and a new battle, and you know who the enemy is. And we're dressed for battle today. But we don't feel ready, do we? Our weaknesses seem large, and our strengths seem small. To stand firm in this life, we need the power of our living Lord operating within us. To have God's divine power released in us requires some serious, sustained prayer. When we communicate with the Father, His Holy Spirit will give us discernment so that we can recognize truth about spiritual warfare and gain insight into the adversary's tactics, his plans, 1 Corinthians 2.14. Starting each year, starting each day, each morning with the Lord, let Him strengthen us to stand steadfastly for Jesus Christ, no matter what is in store for the day. Oh, the enemy despises prayers offered through faith in Jesus Christ because, well, he has no defense against them. Persevering prayer strengthens us. Let's do it today. It also crushes Satan's might and sends him a-running. James 4, 7. Drop to your knees and watch what happens. Did you make it? Did you stay up late? Uh, I was working in the office and it was 12.20 before I realized, hey, we're into 2023. So again, did you celebrate it? So many millions and millions did. How was it in your neck of the woods? You live in one of the big cities? So many did and saw their capital cities transform into a dazzling spectacle of light on Saturday night beginning 2023. What will it hold? Did you happen to catch any of the footage from overseas, like um, Dubai, as an example? My, oh, my. Festive lights are seen engulfing in the night sky in downtown Dubai as the city held an extravagant celebration to make sure the new year arrived with a bang. That's a big deal, isn't it? The skyline was filled with a ray of color and smoke as a spell-binding fireworks display flew across the tower. Tens of thousands stood in Paris's Champs-Élysées as they watched uh, things light up in color. Festive lights also decorated Hong Kong, Sydney, Auckland. You get the idea. In Hong Kong, the city's iconic skyscrapers provided the backdrop for a fireworks, music, and a light show over Victoria Harbor, where some 300,000 people had gathered New Year's Eve. And as the earth turned and midnight swept across the globe from east to west, huge firework displays burst over London. New York City before exploding over Rio and finally Los Angeles. And of course, the world looks at New York City, do they not? New York's iconic crystal ball dropped as usual in rain-soaked crowds and Times Square's cheered and smooched in celebration as Americans joined revelers around the world to bring in 2023. For many, the sparkling sphere's time-honored descent came after hours spent in cold, wet weather. Just before the ball fell, John Lennon's Imagine echoed through the crowd in the first moments of 2023. Many in the square sang Frank Sinatra's New York, New York, booming from loudspeakers. Ah, yeah, we just love it. I think Ada Lum said it best. I suppose when we wake up on January the 1st, the world will look the same, but there is a reminder of the resurrection at the start of each new year, each new decade. That's why I always like sunrises, she said, Mondays and new seasons in life. God seems to be saying, with me, 
you can always start afresh. Maybe that's why we like New Year so much. The Israel Antiquities Authority, the Israel National Parks Authority, and the City of David Foundation announced days before the New Year that the Pool of Siloam, a biblical site cherished by Christians and Jews, will be open to the public for the first time in 2,000 years very soon. The pool, their excavation, is highly significant to Christians around the world. American Pastor John Hagee, the founder and chairman of Christians United for Israel, told Fox that it was this site that Jesus healed the blind man, John 9, and it's at this site that 2,000 years ago Jewish pilgrims cleansed themselves prior to entering the Second Temple. It is very important. It's a big deal. Speaking of that, going to be talking to uh, Rob Lindstedt, Dr. Rod Lindstedt, out in Wichita, Kansas, on Southwest Radio Church this Thursday and Friday about Russia and Ukraine. He has some unusual thoughts and encourage you, if you're able, to listen to that broadcast on Southwest Radio Church, Watchmen on the Wall. Well, I was sharing with my church yesterday here in Fort Wayne about 2023 and 10 things to look out for. And a part of that is violence and concern for other human beings. It's almost non-existent. Police have arrested an 18-year-old suspect in connection with the Friday afternoon shooting of a 7-year-old child in West Baltimore. Police were initially called to the residence shortly after 5 o'clock on Friday, where they found a 7-year-old with a gunshot wound to the head. The officers found an 18-year-old man in the house. He was taken into custody. The child was rushed to John Hopkins, but was pronounced dead on arrival. The 18-year-old, whose name has not yet been released, was initially taken into custody as a suspect and is now being administered as an emergency psychiatric evaluation. Yeah, just kill, kill, kill. New year, new house, and Republicans in charge. Who is going to run that thing? That's the question. Just days before Republicans take a majority in the House, the party's still scrambling to find a speaker. Representative Kevin McCarthy is the top choice of most House Republicans to lead the chamber, but he and his allies were still working on Sunday to win support from a small but determined group of GOP lawmakers who have the power to block it all, and because of the slim majority of the party will have in the next Congress. With the vote for Speaker set for, well, tomorrow, Mr. McCarthy of California made his pitch to the House of Representatives in a conference call yesterday afternoon, going through a list of rule changes that he's willing to make to empower rank-and-file lawmakers. Politics, politics, the game of politics. Regardless of who you are, this is something to think about. Incidents like this happening all over the country. It's important to be aware of your surroundings, especially when you're alone at night. I think that goes without saying. A young lady in Michigan knew this and was on high alert when she saw a shirt there tied to her windshield wiper, thinking that it was a kidnapping attempt. Ashley Hardacre, 19 years old, who works at the Genesee Valley Mall in Flint, Michigan, had just finished a night shift when she saw a shirt wrapped around her windshield wiper after she got into her car. She looked around, saw two cars close nearby, making her highly suspicious. She thought it might be a kidnapping attempt and drove to a safe place to remove the shirt. Hardacre later took to Facebook to share her creepy experience, primarily to warn others, as we're doing right now, to be careful. In her Facebook post, which is no longer available, she recounted, I got to my car, locked the doors behind me immediately, as I always do, and noticed that there was this blue flannel shirt on the windshield. Saw two cars nearby, felt very uneasy, so I used my windshield wipers to try to get the shirt off. 
It was completely wrapped around the wiper blade. I'd seen a lot of posts lately about people finding these things on their windshield wipers in the Burton Flint area as an attempt to get girls out of their cars and distracted. Well, that's a word of the wise. Be cautious out there. It's worse than ever. Well, I'm not sure about this one. Have any idea what the most favorite food is in America for the most part? It's a thing called bacon. <laughs> this radio announcer just loves it, by the way. Well, out comes the latest story. Wouldn't you know it? And it's ironic that I should do this story today because last night I was filling out some Medicare forms for Anthem. And, well, they had a ton of questions. And one of them is, if you lose your stuff, what is your favorite food? Guess what I put? Okay, okay. Here's the report. The vast majority of bacon contains cancer-causing chemicals, and experts say the situation is similar to the tobacco's industry refusal to fully acknowledge the danger of cigarettes. Well, I kicked those years ago now. Bacon? Oh, I don't think so. They say there's a growing consensus that there's those nitrates, and we know that in processed meats resulting in what's believed to be chemicals responsible for bowel cancer. Those nitrates are added to cure the meats, helping preserve them and enhancing the colors and the flavors and all that stuff. I think I'll take a break here and have a BLT. More news right after this. If you think about it, you know it's true that our faith really is the heart of our Christian life, is it not? By faith we're saved, receive forgiveness for our sins, enjoy a personal relationship with God, and have the assurance of our salvation. By faith, we experience the peace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Through faith, our prayers are answered. Yet our lives, and especially our prayers, tend to be characterized by doubt and wavering faith. You know, our faith wavers when we apply human thinking to our circumstances. Isaiah 55, 9, sometimes God is going to require us to do something with which human reasoning will disagree. We allow our feelings to overcome our faith. It could be a sense of unworthiness or inadequacy. That's a problem. We fail to see God at work in our circumstances. Yet doubts creep in when we have asked him to take action, but nothing appears to be happening. And we have guilt over sin, past or present. You can't operate with strong faith when you're under the conviction of sin. And we listen to the enemy's lies too much. Satan, he's the father of lies, whose objective it is to have us reject God's truth and believe his deception instead. Faith is defined as being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So as we start out this new year, what is the condition of your faith? Do the words sure and certain describe you? Well, I think folks are wondering, will it ever be solved? Talking about that awful murder of four University of Idaho students, and they have their man, they say. Wow, they're confident. Police have arrested a suspect on that November murder of the four students, ending a cross-country search more than 2,000 miles away from where the killings occurred. Officers took into custody Brian Koberger, 28, took him into custody Friday at mom and dad's house in eastern Pennsylvania. The suspect was reportedly enrolled in a criminology doctoral program, my goodness, at Washington State University. That's across the state border and less than 10 miles from the murder scene. 
It's not clear how or why or whether he knew the victims. The four students all killed early morning, November the 13th. But they say part of his paperwork had to do with the emotions one goes through in killing people. I guess we'll find out in the days ahead. What in the world? They called her groundbreaking. Television journalist, talk show host Barbara Walters passed away Friday at her Manhattan home at the age of 93. A family representative did not disclose the cause of death. Walters, whose career spanned 70 years before retiring in 2015, is considered to be the first woman to break into the traditionally male-dominated television news business. Well, they're heroes. NFL quarterback Blaine Gabbert, along with his brothers, apparently rescued a family Thursday who had crashed into the water in a helicopter by using their jet skis to transport the family to safety, according to Gabbert, who currently serves as backup to future Hall of Famer Tom Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He and his brothers happened to be cruising around Hillsborough Bay near Tampa on Thursday when he heard a faint noise, rushed to investigate. I just remember looking to the west and saying it almost looked like a, a crew boat in the water that had broken up the four pieces. And I vaguely remember seeing like two life jackets and long story short, they saved them all. NFL quarterback, a hero. And finally, who said that? A body of men holding themselves accountable to nobody ought not to be trusted by anybody. Thomas Paine. Oh, he's good. Someone said, hey, I was watching the dog chasing his tail, and I thought to myself, you know, these things are easily amused. Then I realized I was watching the dog chasing his tail. As I get older, I'm thinking about this one with my wife, Sharon. If a woman is upset, you hold her and, and tell her how beautiful she is. If she starts to growl, <laughs> retreat to a safe place and throw chocolate at her. <laughs> That's going to make some people happy. I'm going to get out of here while the getting's good. Time to hear the Bible. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. It goes without saying that we here at Greg Patton Ministries and Hello World, the news broadcast, are excited to have you on board and your support in listening, telling others, praying for this ministry, and in some instances, giving. Thank you, those of you that are regular supporters of the ministry. I know this Christian radio station is grateful as well, so continue to just put all of that on your prayer list, my friend. God has been generous. He always has been, always will be. He is in control of everything. But again, we just want to take a moment out as we start this new year to thank you for your support and just being there. Like us on Facebook, many of you do. Greg, Jerry G. Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. You want to hear past broadcasts of Hello World? They're available at gregpatton.com. Just click on the link there to iTunes and Listen the past several months to see what's going on. Hello, world. News, information, and comment from a Christian perspective. Every day, right here at this time. Here we are this Monday, looking at 2023. You know, we as Christians, I have discovered this in the ministry. All these years in evangelism, revivals around the country and overseas, 
I discover that there are people who are sometimes confused, just like they were there at Corinth as Paul continued to address them. They they frequently made mistakes, and sometimes they made some really big mistakes, and you're going to do that this year as well. Some in Corinth had apparently developed the idea that, oh, true spirituality was a matter of some special vision or some spiritual insight that placed the recipient above all the normal concerns of life and well, you were just something special. Some Corinthians seem to claim that their spiritual gifts of speaking in a different language excuse them from listening and learning God's great truths and behaving according to a, a normal standard of Christian conduct. And there comes the warning, my friend. Almost all of 1 Corinthians can be understood best against the background of this conclusion. Paul attempts to ground them in the faith not in some emotional, ecstatic experience, but in, number one, the truth of the gospel, and number two, in holy living and being a great servant of God. How do we do church in 2019? It's best found in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14. The message, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be men of courage, be strong, and perhaps above all else, do everything in love. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to break down the first four commands go together and the last one's all by itself, that part of loving and everything, love. Both of these are important. You know, if you're part of a healthy, happy church, it requires that you be both tough-minded, that we think clearly and believe soundly, and be tender-hearted. That is, we extend compassion and forgiveness in a self-denying, Jesus-style love. Imagine the horrible state of affairs in your church today if we would reverse that. Church becomes weak-minded and tough-hearted. When we're weak on convictions and hard on one another, may it not be so of your church. So the command is what? Be on guard always. Sometimes we take that tiptoe through the tulips attitude. Everything is fine. I'm saved. Been saved forever, it seems like. Ah, oh, be careful. The enemy is after you, ready to pounce, so stay awake in an unbelieving world. Stand firm in your faith. The military metaphor here continues. A sentry stands alert to anticipate an attack, and once the battle is engaged, good soldiers must hold their positions. You should, Christian soldier. You can't give an inch. The order, hold back the enemy and keep ground. You know, many have given up standing firm in the faith and replaced it with some sort of a mushy-headed faith in believing today. The Christian faith is not about believing whatever you want. It's about believing the truth of the Word of God and what Jesus said, my friend. You know, there's a challenge out there today. Martin Luther outlined it as well as, what, 500 years ago when he trumpeted a series of solace or onlys, if you will, for which true believers must be willing to do battle today in life. Scripture only, God's revelation, and the content of our faith are grounded in the Word of God alone and not in a human tradition, a worldly wisdom, or claims of some spiritual vision or enlightenment. Scripture alone, number one. Christ only. We become God's children and receive the promise of heaven and the forgiveness of our sins only because of what Christ did for us on the old rugged cross. There is no other Savior. There is salvation in none other. Apart from Christ, all are lost and in their sins forever. And then faith only. We appropriate the blessings of Christ's death and walk in the ways of Jesus. How? By faith. 
You can't earn it, work for it, buy it, or do business with political or religious institutions to get it. Only a relationship with God. That's a gift of God received by faith, my friend. So we're told to be of good courage. There's a progression that goes on here in 1 Corinthians 16. The sentry stands guard when under attack the good soldier holds his ground. In the midst of an all-out assault, the warrior must be brave, even heroic. In the battle, be a man. What? The sense of the context can actually cut in two different directions here. Both have relevance. First, Paul is calling for masculine courage. Not that females can't be as courageous, but in normal life of the warrior, despite our modern efforts and social re-engineering and life today, and the stuff of warrior princess legends that you see in the movies, most battles are fought by men. In the midst of a spiritual attack, stand up, be counted, don't run, don't hide, stand and fight, act like a man, like a trained warrior, and not some sissy. But there's another meaning here, particularly in 1 Corinthians. The concept carries the idea of being a man, not a boy, not a child. And in this sense, the call to adult behavior is just as applicable to women as men. Yeah, you've heard it said, he is behaving like a child. That was actually happening here in Corinth. It can happen to you and me today. Brothers, 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty. Brothers, stop thinking like children in regard to evil, be infants. But in your thinking, be an adult. There you go. And then we need to be strong. Real battles, spiritual and physical, are seldom won in just a day. Perseverance often wins where simple skill and energy give up somewhere along the line. Interesting, this term's the only command in the series in a passive voice. This means the strength is not something we do or generate out of our own ability. You don't have it. It's something we receive from outside, and clearly this is the emphasis of the entire scriptures. The spiritual strength needed to stay the course is from the Lord, not you. So in your life and in your church, it's going to take uh, real dependence on the Lord. All must call upon his strength. The enemies are just too great. The obstacles too large for your natural strength. Only the supernatural will do. And the good news is that such supernatural strength is ready and available now. If you desire it, all who will ask can have it. Be alert. Stay firm. Be men of courage. Remain strong. This is what it means to do church with a tough-minded faith. And without tough-mindedness, church has no identity today. There is little to distinguish it from the shallow sentimentalism of the world. There's certainly nothing to fortify young and old against the assaults of the enemy. Without this toughness of spirit, there is nothing and no one that we can count on when we're under temptation attack. There's nothing to hold on to. And you be that tender-hearted person. We must love in our giving. We must love in our forgiving. We must love our God, our brothers and our sisters, even when they are wrong and lost around us. Only when people are loved and know it will they want to find out what makes you or your church tick. And only when outsiders see people who love one another unconditionally all the time will they want to become one of those insiders. There they are, Paul's final exhortation. And then the question for us, what are we going to do? It's not an easy task. Doing church in this place from now on requires the best you have, so be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be men of courage, be strong, and do everything in love. And you know what? This would be a great day 
starting out new week, new year, good time to get saved, my friend. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And today it is. Today is the day of salvation. Why don't you do it? And finally, you think this one is true? Old age comes at a really bad time in your life. When you finally know everything, you start to forget everything you know. And this one ought to do it. <laughs> Someone said, becoming an adult, it's probably the dumbest thing you could ever do. <laughs> there's, oh, there's something to that, my friend. That's it. Had to say, for another day. That's the way it is. Monday, Monday, January the 2nd, 2023. I'm Greg Patton. God bless. Have a great day.